It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome into the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And we're changing things up just a little bit in turn one. Normally, it's a race recap and news and notes. But instead, we're going to kick things off with a bit of a roundtable. And uh, we're going to be talking crew chiefs heading to Kansas. Dirk, you lined up some of your old buddies to talk about heading over to Kansas Speedway for uh, the race weekend on May uh, 1st and 2nd. Yeah, I just figured it'd be something a little different. And uh, because I know both these guys have been there before. Some have had some luck there. Some haven't. Um, one of them likes to go fishing when he's in Kansas and, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting. We got Wally Rogers. I believe Wally is currently with Nice Motorsports. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And, uh, do you know who your driver is going to be at Kansas Speedway? Uh, yeah, I have a uh, Ryan Truex all year. Oh, you've got him all year. Okay. I knew you had him in Bristol, but I didn't know if you had him all year. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've also got Danny Gill, and Danny's been around the block a few times. Me and Danny actually raced go karts out behind the old Morgan Dollar Shop in Oklahoma before, but uh, <laughs> long time ago, wasn't it, buddy? Long time ago. Who are you currently working with, and who's the driver you're going to have at Kansas? I'm currently with Spencer Davis Motorsports, and Spencer will be driving the truck to Kansas. Okay, because you had, was it Bubba Wallace at Bristol? Yeah, we had a uh, deal through Toyota where uh, Bubba came on board to get some track time. Did a good job for us. Yeah, I mean, he had a solid run, passed a lot of trucks. He'd got a hard charger if they'd have been having one. So, And uh, we had Danny Stockman lined up, who's with uh, Kyle Busch. But uh, he got a pet emergency and is currently at the vet, so he had to cancel out on us. Uh, I know I was with one of the trips. Danny would just soon forget about it. Kansas Speedway. I was working your pit stall when you guys wrecked real early and ended up with a three-hour test session. Yeah, you remember? You remember that one, Danny? Wrecked on the first lap and it took the whole front end off and second through fifth in points finished one, two, three, four. So it was a very bad points day. Ended up losing championship in the year by seven positions. So. Yeah, and uh, not not a good memory. <laughs> and the other thing about it is, then you ended up on a uh, Craftsman Truck Series commercial. You were before you got to see it every time before the races for about three years. But you were at the track, so you weren't home watching the race. But uh, how about Wally? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yep, I'm here. I know you were in Kansas for one of the infamous rain weekends, and got old Mister uh, Oh, got old Mister Wayne Norton all upset when you walked into the garage with a fishing pole. He didn't care for that too much. No, he was <laughs> he was a little upset at me for that. Um, we had uh, well, it had rained all day, and it was there was you know it usually took about four hours to drive the track back then. So a bunch of us went over to Cabela's there, and we bought some fishing poles and we went fishing for a little while. <laughs> a whole lot better than sitting in that garage all day, um, hanging out in the trailer eating. You know what I mean? That's that's the worst and. Uh, yeah, I came back in, Wayne. He was not he was not too happy with me at all. Yeah, if I remember right, that was also the day you brought the truck through uh, tech because we were having some bumper issues, and you had about a three-foot piece of, like, two-by-ten 
duct taped onto the front of your truck. Yeah. To try and fit the template. That didn't make you very happy either. No, no, that was one of my, I was probably being a little too stubborn <laughs> at the time. He was, uh, I mean, Danny will tell you, you know, back then uh, we were all competing so much with one another that we pushed the limits way more than, than they can nowadays. So he didn't like the way the nose grid fit. So I had had enough of going through. I think we were on about our fifth or sixth I try through. And I just said, let's just tape a damn two by four to the front of this thing and see if it fits. <laughs> that was yeah, back before uh, they had kind of these precise everythings. And, and yeah, well, yeah, and, and basically was... you guys kind of horsing around or being stubborn is the reason why we have so many rules in the rule book. No, well, that's not, that's not the complete truth but yeah yeah i mean you know how it was everybody was trying to do everything that they could and i felt like they were being a little too picky so i'd had enough i was never picky i followed the rule book yeah yeah dirk and his bunch they were brutal sometimes i know (laughs) i've tried to get things by him too and it doesn't work yeah no no it hasn't changed has it (laughs) i can even remember the first time wally and i'll really Wally and I really got a chance to talk was in Daytona. I think the 2003 year, I think. Uh, was that the year the bird come by and dumped down? No, I, I got crapped on by the seagull. That was just before the race. Inspection <laughs> before the race. I, uh, I think that was two, maybe 2004 it might have been. Yeah. Yeah. I think we made it about seven laps and we crashed. So that was not any good luck, I can assure you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is you came out of the, after changing your shirt, you walked out of the hauler and acted like you had a pump shotgun and were trying to shoot those seagulls. I was, I was so damn mad. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> well, I was the one that told him what it was. I was standing right next to him. I was a foot and a half away from him. And you you know, at, least the bird knew which, at least the bird knew which one to find. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, or it had bad I, aim. I think Dirk was like, hey, get him, get him. <laughs> Yeah, I had a five dollar well, bill held up in the air, you know. That's right. A piece of cheese. <laughs> Wally and, and Danny, Danny, if you if you got a good connection, you can kind of chime in here a little bit. We, we don't, definitely don't want to ignore you, but let's talk a little bit about setting up a truck series race for the uh, the race weekend coming up at Kansas Speedway Saturday, May first. The Wise Power Two Hundred. Wally, why don't you kick it off first? Kind of talk a little bit about getting. What do you guys do to prepare for the race weekend to come? Well, you know, with with Kansas being so. Um, flat smooth now and uh you know it's it's got a pretty good bit of grip it's not as uh you know bumpy and uh, shall we say characteristic as it used to be you know we we tend to lean towards our more lower drag package you know where we got the things basically drive like go-karts they're slammed on the ground all four corners uh just trying to make as much speed as you possibly can um you know which is a drastic uh change and difference from what we just went through at Bristol a couple of weeks ago, you know, where we didn't really care much about platform. It was more about uh, mechanical grip where Kansas will focus more on our aero stuff than we will our mechanical. Uh, Danny, if you can, can you talk a little bit about uh, how you're, you guys are preparing for the race at Kansas Speedway on, on May 1st? Yeah, from my understanding, the uh, the truck that we're going to be bringing there actually last year in the double header got wrecked in the first race. And uh, so we've tried a, a new body hanger and done some aero stuff for, for that racetrack, like Wally's saying, more aero and platform than mechanical grip. So uh, it uh, we're just actually just got it back in the shop today. So 
uh, we're kind of excited to bring that truck to, to Kansas, hoping it's going to perform well for us. And I believe maybe uh, an edge, it'll maybe giving you some edge that you can use in a couple of the tracks then later in the year. Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what we were hoping for is that, you know, like Wally said, Kansas uh, doesn't have, you know, certain characteristics like in Atlanta or, or something like that has. So it's a track where, you know, if some, something works there, you can generally carry it on to another mile and a half and, and it worked for you. And uh, talk about a little bit of experience that your two drivers have. Uh, Danny, why don't you start off? The I, I mean, I, I guess I should say experience at Kansas Speedway. As far as I know, this would probably be maybe Spencer's third start. I think that doubleheader last year may have been his 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 rookie season. Uh, he may have run a, a, a ARCA car or something before that. But as far as truck series, I think this will be uh, his third third attempt. So not a whole ton of experience then at Kansas anyway. No, because he, you know, I, I don't know what lap he wrecked out on in the first race. And then uh, towards the end of the, it was towards the end of the race because I think I was crew chief in Jordan's truck and them two had got into it. And I was so yeah. mad. I was so mad at both of them. I went down there and yelled at them like two little kids. <laughs> they, they both crashed one another, you know, racing for 16th or something. You know what I mean? Like, and we had a double header. It was a, it was kind of a bonehead move on both their parts. So I, being the older guy, you had to go in there and kind of yell at him a little bit. You had to go straighten him out. Yeah, so they, you know, um, but yeah, I remember that well now. You probably have plenty of practice with that with your with your two volleyball daughters there. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm not. I kind of let them do their thing. That's kind of their department. They're both uh, they're both pretty good at it, so I don't I don't have to do much coaching. Uh, early on, I did a lot of bleacher coaching and got scolded for it, so I stopped. <laughs> kind of like you do bleacher bleacher driving now uh i i'm lucky you know uh with ryan i don't have to uh i don't have to do that much um you know it's a i've been in those situations like danny's in now where you have a you know a younger guy and you you have to kind of coach him along a little bit and kind of add some of your experience to him and they kind of look at you like you got three eyes like hey man i know what i'm doing i got here but deep down uh you know guys like danny myself that have you know, so many years of experience, you, you really just, you're just trying to help them and kind of put them in, explain to them some of the situations that you'd been in or been around drivers that have been in over the years to help them, you know, have gain their experience a little bit faster and, and raise that curve. Wally, you'd said that you're working with Ryan Truex, who's obviously got uh, quite a bit of experience. Uh, he's, I believe he's raced a Cup Series car a couple of times and Xfinity yeah. Series car several times. Uh, and I, I would expect that he's got quite a bit of experience in the trucks at Kansas also. Yeah. Um, you know, last year, I think Kansas was one of the, one of the first handful of races when I, when I had moved back, moved over to Nice. Um, and I had, a, I had a hodgepodge of drivers all the time at that point, but Ryan had, uh, he had driven for us at, at Kansas. And it was really one of the first races that we actually got to work, you know, together and, and be able to come back after that race and digest on some of the things. I think I felt like we had really good speed. There was a, there was a couple of things we needed to work on. I believe we, you know, we ran inside just inside the top 10 and kind of got shuffled out at one of the restarts at the end. I think we'd finished just outside the top 10, if I remember right, but you know, we had good speed and, and, you know, with guys like Ryan that have, you know, a fair amount of experience, uh, their feedback and, and Danny can attest to this it is worth its weight in gold, you know, especially 
when you're in newer situations like both myself and Danny are that you you know you're trying to not only learn the the vehicles but you got to learn your driver as well and you know when he says it's loose how loose you know is it really and things like that and I feel like even now I think Ryan and I are probably six or seven races in total uh I still feel like we're whittling away at, at narrowing all that stuff down you know yeah, we've always talked a lot about that communic- That driver crew chief communication is also critical critical to the success because when he tells you the car is a little bit or the truck's a little bit loose or a little bit tight, you got to know what little bit means. Yeah, and you know if you look back, uh, you know I, I know Danny and I we had we had raced against one another, you know there back in the early two thousands. You know he had Setzer and I had Hornaday, and you know you had two good old veterans that that, you know, they could pretty much kind of point you in a direction. And sometimes it was a blessing and sometimes it was a curse because, um, you know, they were rather than learning by trial and error, they were just kind of steering you down that path. So nowadays, those are the things you have to rely on is having, you know, the experience of what those guys could, you know, bring to us and almost teach us at that point in time to, you know, help us get better. You know, so now it's kind of our job to pass it along to, you know, whether it's the younger guys or even someone like Ryan that doesn't, that uh, hasn't been driving the trucks again for a while. So it's, it, you know, those things are very beneficial. Okay. Uh, how much are you guys missing practice? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I can't fathom going to some of these tracks and just jumping out there, you don't qualify it. Well, you don't even qualify anymore. You line up, but that's got to be brutal in some cases. To be honest, I thought I missed it till we had two practices at Bristol, and then I, I remember how much I hate practice and happy hour. But, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's true. Yeah, I mean, now it's, you, you know, you you either, you either hit or miss. Uh, the the good thing about nowadays, and, and, and I'm sure Wally has, has programs available to him, is, is having that simulation program and these pull-down rigs that we can simulate nowadays, you know, what the truck's going to do, we're back. Like you said, when we had Hornaday and Setcher, we didn't have that stuff back then. So sometimes as a crew chief, we're looking for direction because, you know, yeah. it's just kind of an educated guess. And the driver a lot of times had stuff that they knew they felt that they wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, most of those days is kind of out the window because you're basing everything off of that simulation program. Uh, we're a small team, but we're fortunate to, to be affiliated with KBM and and get some of that data so it does put us um you know pretty close when we get there hopefully yeah that's very true um you know like we're, we're the same way we have we get uh we have simulation from chevrolet and you know and and quite honestly danny will tell you this the simulation is great it, it gets you kind of close but at the end of the day it's still kind of like a 916 ranch right it's just another tool um in your your inputs dictate so much of your output that, you know, it puts a lot more pressure. You know, I'm fortunate enough that, that, that I have a, a full-time engineer and we have a couple of engineers that, that work there at our place that, you know, it puts a lot more pressure on those guys to make sure that the inputs are correct. So when we do show up at the racetrack, it's not, you know, you're not dragging a splitter off of it or, you know, your attitude, or your, your body heights are wrong. It's, it's come a long, long way since those, you know, days, like Danny said, with, with Hornaday and Setzer that, you know, we were just, 
we were more excited if we can get the thing on the ground and have it sealed off and not drag anything underneath. Now we deal with everything in 30 seconds of an inch. Dirk and I had talked quite a bit about this. I, I want to say it was probably uh, two or three weeks ago on the show about when things get back to some sort of normal, where's going to be the middle ground you guys are going to be happy with? Dirk and I kind of talked about it. We don't feel like there needs to be three practice sessions no, no. for a race weekend. Are you guys, would you guys be happy if they went with one practice session or would you like to see two or back up full three? I mean, I, I speak for myself. I, I, there's some, there's some weeks where a 10 minute practice would, would do wonders. And then there's some weeks where I think, you know, you'd need, you know, two or three practices, but you know, some middle ground, I think, honestly, if, you know, if you can go to a Saturday night race, you know, just about anywhere across the, across the country and they probably get a grand total of about, 20 or 30 minutes of practice. And I think that that's more than adequate enough for us to be able to do what we got to do. It's probably, it wouldn't have to change any of the, any of the amount of tires that we have throughout the weekend. It wouldn't put any more pressure on the owners. You know, the biggest pressure I think that it would put on any of us would be the, uh, you know, the having to take a backup truck, you know, it, it, it does save some money nowadays, not having to take a backup truck or, or even prepare one for that matter. Danny, where's your middle ground at? I would say, you know, for me, I've worked one race with Spencer. Uh, you know, he only has a couple of seasons and not full seasons. I, I would be happy with, say, two 30-minute practices with, uh, you know, maybe another series in between where you got time to, you know, if this package yeah. didn't work, yeah. you could switch over to a different package. Uh, but like Wally said, some weekends, just 10 minutes on the racetrack would just tell you what you need to know but because the simulation part has come so far. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, then, and to reiterate what he was saying about the backup truck, that makes a huge difference. I mean, because you're racing 22 races a year with no practice and qualifying, you're preparing 22 trucks. If you're racing, if you're practicing and qualifying, you're preparing 44 trucks. So, I mean, it's a, that's a huge difference in, in where your time is spent in the shop. We probably should have covered this when we got kicked off, but Danny, why don't you talk a little bit about what you've done in racing and what got you to the point where you're now crew chief? Well, I mean, racing's all I've ever known my entire life. I started going, I was three years old to the national fairgrounds and, um, and I, I raced myself. I still do. I started racing. When I was 15 and I still race late my dirt car. Anytime I get a chance to, uh, my dad keeps the car up. Um, started my NASCAR out career out about 96 97 somewhere in there and uh, started a new team with bobby hamilton in 98 and i think i was a crew chief in 99 and then uh just kind of worked my way up from there really worked my way up too fast uh, went to cup way too quick uh ended up on a team with wally uh, yeah. at the end of at the end of 2000 and wally was leaps and bounds ahead of me at that level and I had no idea why they didn't just put him in that situation instead of hiring me for it. And he and I think he had some bigger and better things he wanted to go do. So, um, so done that, and that didn't seem to to work. I don't think I was prepared to be at that level. Back back to the truck series and got very comfortable. And I just always enjoyed working the truck series because of the schedule. I uh, just think. 34 to 30, you know, 33 Xfinity races or 36 cup races is just too long of a season. And 22 to 25 truck races is just a perfect schedule. I think there's a lot of people out there that agree that that cup series schedule is, is brutal and uh, wouldn't hurt a lot of feelings if maybe 
three, four, five of those races fell off the schedule and we kind of toned things down just a little bit. Wally, when did you bump your head and get involved? You know, a lot like Danny. Um, I grew up in New Jersey, so I was uh, I went to Wall Stadium. That was our biggest track. My dad was a track champion there. Kind of got the itch to do that. Uh, you know, my mom and dad wanted me to go to college. I was working at the IROC series. That was my uh, actually part of my vocational in high school as I got a little bit older. And while I was working there, I had uh, kind of became friends with uh, Andy Petrie uh, through mutual friends and things like that. And lo and behold, about after about five or six years at IROC, I had, I had uh, went to work for uh, Leo Jackson. I was still on the team back, you know, back, I think it was 95 maybe or something like that. Um, you know, uh, I worked there for quite a long time. Uh, you know, the way it was with Andy, he was doing a lot of business stuff and, and as, as well as trying to be the crew chief. So I kind of did a lot of the crew chief duties, but never really, you know, I, I wanted to be a crew chief. I kind of knew I, that's what I wanted to be from the time I was about 17 or 18. But, you know, Danny came up there and, and you know, and he was with Hamilton and all that stuff. And, they, and, and I felt like they, you know, they had run pretty well, you know, over the years, but you know, I didn't, I never felt like Andy was ever going to relinquish, you know, that role that he was in. So I, I left there. I went to do, uh, Joe Nemechek was starting a second team with a gentleman named Ed Evans. And we had Evans Motorsports kind of paired up with Nemco with Brian Patty. And we were in the same building. I was there from heck, I think 2001 to 2002, or maybe it was to the end of 2002 or 2003. And then while I was there, uh, Delane Harvick was our PR girl, and she kept telling me that Kevin was going to start this truck team up, and we were going to be GM Goodwin, so forth and so on. And I, I went up there. I think I was the first person hired at KHI. It was uh, it was a good time, man. Those were, you know, like Danny said, those those years in our careers. I think both of our careers were fantastic. I mean, we we were all good and hard racers, but we had fun, and we. You know, we raced hard, but we respected one another. It was a, it's a, it was a different environment back then. And then I went on. I did, uh, after I left uh, Harvick's in 08, I went to Everham's. I was there for a few years. They moved me up to do a cup car. I was, like Danny, I was pretty much, uh, I was, I, I didn't know if I was ready to do it. It was the COTs, but just, you know, coming from the trucks and doing the Xfinity cars. And honestly, after being a KHI, I think in 06, I did the truck full-time and the and the bush car full-time, I was pretty much, my brain was burnt out, you know, I just mm -hmm. had, my daughters were just born, uh, I had twin, twin daughters, but yeah, man, it was a, that was a tough road to hope for a while, um, but they moved me up to the cup car, I, I crew chief for Sadler for two years, uh, you know, at, and that, at that point, the engineering was starting to take over quite a bit, um, you know, so really crew chiefs weren't really in that environment, they weren't really crew chiefs like, like Danny and I are nowadays, you know what I mean? Like the trucks now, you still, you still work on them. I mean, heck, I've been, I've been hanging bodies and put quarter pounds on my trucks for the last, you know, three or four weeks. Huh. So um, it's been a, it's been a good ride. After that, I did the, I went over to the 95 car. I think I, I started the 95 car for Bob Levine. He had called me in it. I think at that point in my career, I was kind of done. I, I didn't, I didn't want to travel much anymore. I think I was getting upwards of about, I think, two or 300 races, you know, being a crew chief, it's, it doesn't sound like much, I guess, but 
it's a lot of weekends away when you got two girls. It was, man. It really was. And then uh, after I did that, I, I, I did the go fast, I think, for a little bit, for a couple of years. I had Jeffrey Earnhardt, and it was – it was fun, but it, you know, it's hard when you're not really competitive every week. And I'm like, you sit up on them pit boxes on a Sunday for three and a half hours and a good day, you can run, you know, 22nd. That's not a whole lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, my, I was watching my kids grow up and, you know, they were getting involved in sports. And like Dirk talked about earlier, they, you know, they play travel volleyball and I'm like, I'm not, I can't do this like this anymore. So I went back Xfinity racing for a couple of years and, uh, I enjoyed that because at least I'd have most Sundays at home. And then uh, when the opportunity arose to go back truck racing, I jumped on and I was like, I, this is what I need to do. I, I love I've, I've loved the trucks from day one, just cause it's, it's just good hard racing, man. And it's, to me, it's pretty pure mm-hmm. compared to what, you know, what else is out there. Talking Here. with Wally Rogers and Danny Gill. Looks like we are going to run out a little bit of recording time. So we're going to have to cut it short. Final thoughts, uh, excited to go back to Kansas Speedway for both of you guys, Wally? Yeah, um, I'm really excited. Uh, we'll be taking a new truck there. Uh, actually, we raced this truck at, uh, at Atlanta, and then we, we brought it back home. We did a little work on it. So hopefully we made it a little bit better, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Danny, thoughts on Kansas? I'm super excited to go to Kansas. It's one of my facts. Yeah, we got the inaugural pole there, so wouldn't mind, well, we don't qualify anymore, but. You know, we got this new truck. I'm really excited about it. We got some new geometry stuff we're working on. So we'll either be really good or we'll be really bad. That's pretty much how it goes, isn't it? It's really pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, there's never any in between, you know. <laughs> oh, so, that's right. But, but, you know, trying new aero stuff and new geometry and stuff at the same time, it does have me just a little bit nervous. But I'm, I'm excited because I think it's all going to work. <laughs> Thanks a lot for your guys' time. Best of luck at Kansas Speedway, and we hope to see you down the road sometime soon. All right, guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. Hey, guys. Good talking to you. All right, you too, Doug. Right, Red Oak Fabrication in Red Oak, Iowa, is changing the powder coating game. Drivers and teams have overpaid for good work for far too long. Get to Red Oak Fabrication and get quality powder coating at an affordable price. A brand new bare frame gets done for $450. Plus the turnaround time, days, not weeks. Get your free estimate today. Email Jordan F. at RedOakFabrication.com. See what Red Oak Fabrication can do for you today on their Facebook page or at Red Oak Fabrication. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. 